Welcome into our High School Coaches Show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. This is your chance to hear from all the McPherson High School and area coaches throughout the school year. The Coaches Show on 96.7 FM KBBE is brought to you by FEMCO, McPherson Concrete, Complete Automotive in McPherson, DFS Moto in Canton, Alliance Agency Incorporated, Kane's Body Shop, Lindsborg Quarterback Club, Next Tech Wireless, Jar Performance Automotive, and Farmer's State Bank. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Welcome into our High School Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva this morning. After a very successful night last night for the McPherson Area High School football teams in week number six of the 2019 season. I am Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, bright and early on a Friday, <laughs> or excuse me, a Saturday morning after a Friday night, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good morning. Seems like we were just here. <laughs> well, yeah, after yeah. A, a long road trip back from Augusta, you and I got out of the office a little after midnight last night. Steve went and shut his eyes for about 45 minutes and then woke back up and came in. Yeah, uh, in fact, I'm working on the area roundup. Uh, incredible night for the area teams. Uh, they put up some massive offensive numbers, the area teams. Uh, just one loss for the area teams, but most of them were, I think everybody scored uh, in the 40s or more. Uh, of the area of the area schools and had a lot of games ended early I know of at least three that ended early but as far as our game last night what a you know the, there was a full moon out last night and there were some weird happenings down in Augusta yeah it was a very very strange night I want to go through the scores here quickly before we dive into some of the area teams and dive into some of our interviews this morning we have a big show lined up let's start off with our scores McPherson, a 56-14 winner over the Augusta Orioles on the road last night. That improves their record to 6-0 on the season as the Bullpups will be at home for senior night in week number seven. The Heston Swathers bounce back in a big way with a huge district win last night, beating Rock Creek 41-28 as the Heston Swathers are now 5-1 on the season. The Inman Teutons improved to 3-3 with a 53-6 win all the way in southwest Kansas at Sublette. We will hear from Coach Lance Sawyer a little later on in the show this morning. The Little River Redskins improved to 5-1 with a 48-0 win over Maxville last night. Little River continuing to roll in district plays. They have won five straight. The Mount Ridge Wildcats improved to 3-3 with a first-half 56-0 win over the St. John Tigers. A couple of big return touchdowns for Mount Ridge in that game. And we'll hear from Coach Jeremiah Meeks a little later on. Canton Galva. Didn't play in the second half again as the Eagles improved to 6-0. A 60-0 homecoming win over Gossel. Canton Galva, 6-0, our only loss for the area teams last night. The Smoky Valley Vikings losing to Chapman 34-8. Smoky Valley falls 2-1-5. Yeah, um, I think the game that uh, really kind of caught my attention was Little River. Uh, another uh, point rule victory. Um the Redskins, ever since losing that first game, they have ended all their games by the point rule. Um, uh, Coach Ayers really has that group going, and I'm getting more and more, you know, talking, you know, just looking around the uh, state. Little River right now may be the best or second best team on the west side, right. and of course, Kent Galva is the best. I mean, there's no one's going to touch Kent Galva in the east. This week's game for Kent Galva will be interesting because they play Solomon which ended their season last year. That's right, the Solomon Gorillas. And remember, Steve, last year the Solomon game was the one where 
we kind of realized that Kent and Gonville was going to be the real deal. We weren't quite sure yet. They were 5-1, and one and they hadn't played a particularly tough schedule. And then Solomon, I think at the time, was the number two team in the state. Right. And they went and beat that Solomon team, and we said, here we go, buckle up. And then Big Sol ride coming up for Kent and Gonville. Yeah, and then Solomon turned around and won the uh, postseason game. So uh, the Eagles have used that as fuel for fire. And, man, have they just been putting some hurts on some people. Well, Steve, let's take a look back to last night's McPherson win, 56-14 to over the Augusta Orioles. And like you mentioned, a very strange high school football game and, a, and not similar to the script at all for this McPherson football team very often because, frankly, this is a team that in a lot of their league games they've been able to come out and punch teams in the mouth and dominate from the very beginning. And that was not necessarily the case last night as McPherson let Augusta drive right down the field on the opening drive. They go 80 yards, 15 plays, take up more than seven minutes a clock. And Steve, you and I are up in the press box looking at each other going, well, this could be a long night for these guys. And then immediately they return a kickoff 85 yards for a score, Aaron Powell. I was thinking Chiefs. That's what I was thinking watching the, you know, the uh, uh, Orioles just go right down the field. Uh, here's here's a really odd stat, and, and, and this is what I had in my story at uh, midkansasonline.com. The Bullpups were up 14-7 to after a 58-yard punt return by Jacob Vile. They had not run an offensive play. Augusta had run 22 offensive <laughs> plays, but Aaron Powell's 85-yard kickoff return, then Files' 58-yard punt return, which to me, I called it an ESPN top 10. He had, I think, every single... Oriole at some point laid a hand on him, and he broke out of tackles. He pinwheeled, he bobbed, he weaved, he used cunning, he used guile, returned at 58 yards to the house, and pocket Hercules had the run of the night, that's for sure. You know what I didn't realize until right now, Steve, as I have the box score in front of me? I didn't realize that McPherson scored exactly 14 points in every quarter. Had you realized I, that? I did not realize that either, but that 14 is 14 points a quarter. When but, you do that, you have a chance to be pretty successful but offensively. But Augusta came out in the first oh, – and here's another strange stat. The Bullpups are up 28-14 at the half. They've run 13 plays. Augusta's run 36. Augusta has almost 200 yards. The Bullpups 79 in the first half, and yet McPherson was up 28-14. Yeah, it was a 28-14 lead at the break, and then McPherson would really bust the game open in the first four minutes of the third quarter with back-to-back -back touchdown runs, and both of them coming from Jacob File, one from two yards out to then one from 26 yards out after he had a nice punt return as well. Caleb Hoppus had a couple of rushing touchdowns last night. Aiden Hoover came into the fourth quarter and rushed for a score. This is a group that, even though it didn't look that pretty, they really dominated the game, and they scored the final 42 points of this game, which seems crazy because... It's hard to remember that it was a 14-14 game at the end of the first quarter, but this McPherson team, Steve, just knows how to put up offense. And we said it a couple of times last night, Augusta made some very interesting decisions right. in terms of what they wanted to do with their special teams, what they wanted to do in terms of going for it. They tried two onside kicks and failed on both of them. McPherson would take the short field position and score both times. Augusta also faked a punt. Threw a pass over the middle. It was intercepted by Mason Thrash. McPherson was able to score after that. They had two return touchdowns, and Drew Schrader was 8-for-8 eight eight on his PAT, so essentially another touchdown there. This is a McPherson team that just dominated the special teams, and the special teams alone probably won them the game. And Coach Pav said after the game, they'd, they'd paid extra special 
attention to detail on special teams this week. They put a lot more emphasis on it, and it really showed. Uh, Powell's uh, uh, kickoff return was terrific as well. He got a seam. and Well, and, when you get punched in the mouth to begin the game, you're on the road. Right. You, go, you give up a 15-play, seven-minute drive, and you start looking around and go, man, what are we doing? The best answer for that is just take the ball right down to the end zone. Right, and, and the defense, uh, to the Bullpups' credit in the second half, just 24 yards in the third quarter for Augusta, and, and then uh, the Orioles did get some about 50 yards uh, in, or 60 yards in the fourth quarter against the backups. But the uh, sophomore quarterback for Augusta, Hunter Anderson, had 142 yards rushing at halftime. He was just, you know, he was running the option like he invented it. And then Coach Chet Harlan at halftime made some really good defensive adjustments. Those long runs Anderson had in the first half, he had four yards after halftime on seven carries as the Bullpups got it figured out. And uh, that's one thing this Bullpup coaching staff can do. They can make great in-game adjustments. Well, Steve, as we take a look around the rest of Class 4A West, there are always the questions, okay, what did the other teams that's do? That's right. Where, where are the standings saying And that's why I love the new format in Classes 4, 5, and 6A, where every game matters. Bueller, of course, beat Circle. Andover Central picked up a win over Great Bend. Winfield also won in their win over El Dorado. So McPherson stays number one at 6-0. Bueller stays number two at 5-1. and Andover Central number three at 5-1. and Winfield number four at 5-1. and So no change in the top four. McPherson still two wins away from clinching the top seed. Then the team that... You still have circled on the schedule <laughs> and say, where are they? Right. Where is Goddard? Well, Goddard lost last night again. The Lions started this year 2-0 and have lost four straight. They lost at home against Valley Center last night, 31-14. And this is a Goddard team that is really banged up, but I don't think there is any team in the state that wants to bring in the Goddard Lions in the first or second round of the playoffs. So when you look at the way this bracket is going to fall, and Steve, you and I have been blatantly honest, the three teams you don't want to draw that you want on the other side of the bracket, Bueller, Andover Central, Goddard, and right now, all three of those would be on the other side of the bracket today. Yeah, you just hope it stays that way. Uh, the Bullpups would have Winfield uh, on their side of the bracket. Uh, that would be a, what, uh, quarterfinal game? Right. And, and then hopefully, you know, Andover Central, Bueller uh, would be the other, you know, quarterfinal on this side. And and that's what you want. You've already beat Winfield in running clock. But remember that Winfield game the Bullpups played. It was 7-0 with about two and a half minutes to go in the first half. Uh, Winfield kind of made a couple tactical mistakes, ended up being 20-0 at the half. And then the Bullpups, I think, scored uh, five touchdowns in the third quarter. 4A West is really weird with it's the really fact that, the, that <laughs> there are six teams that are 2-4, and four. Five that are one and five, and then the only remaining winless team is Abilene, who and lost right, last night. And Abilene, right now, it's, it's really starting to look like a McPherson-Abilene rematch in Week 9. I don't see any wins for Abilene. I don't see any losses for McPherson. And that would mean the Bullpups and Abilene would meet here uh, in Week 9. And uh, we already saw it was a 48-3 game against Abilene the first time the Bullpups played them, and it only went a half because of lightning. That's right, Steve. Let's take a listen into McPherson football coach Chase Pavlovich following their 56-14 win last night. We're now joined by McPherson I football coach Chase Pavlovich. 
I think you heard a little bit of Steve and I beginning this conversation on the post game. A very strange yeah. game tonight. Augusta opens up the game, driving right down the field. What was it about the Augusta flexbone that gave your defense some troubles tonight? Well, you know, up front, uh, that's a really good football team. They're front five. They're big. They're physical. Uh, they run the right style of offense for the for the type of kids that they have. And, and uh, you know, Coach Feldbeck said after the game, he said that's the best we've executed, you know, in that first quarter uh, against you guys. That uh, sophomore kid, you know, tough kid at quarterback, and, and he made the right reads. And, uh, you know, it was good for us uh, at the end of the day to, to, you know, maybe get down a little bit and, and uh, have to fight adversity once again. Well, Steve mentioned that the special teams were special, and I mm -hmm. thought that was a big difference in this game. Not only an 85-yard kickoff return by Aaron Powell, not only a 58-yard punt return by Jacob File, Drew Schrader goes 8-for-8 eight eight on yeah. his PATs. I thought you guys did a great job on kickoff cover. And then Augusta gambled twice, going mm -hmm. trying onside kicks. You recovered both of them shy of midfield, so they gave you some great field position on those. The special teams, I thought, really changed the game tonight. No question. You know, special teams were they were outstanding tonight. Uh, we took care of the football, too. You know, um, for the most part, I thought we did a pretty good job uh, in, in that category. But our special teams, we did put a little bit more emphasis on it yesterday in practice and, and tried to hone a few things because, you know, we, we've got some phenomenal athletes out there. And then if we can just get a hat on a hat, they're going to do some pretty special things. I remember you saying, two in the Abilene game, the Cowboys ran a fake punt on you, and mm -hmm. they were able to burn you up the middle. It looked like some of those guys stayed <laughs> home on that fake punt, and Mason Thrash had a nice interception too. Well, you know, we knew going into it, and our, our kids, our kids uh, did a great job. They they knew that a fake was coming. They faked three three punts on one drive last week, so. You know, we were in a complete safe situation, and, and Mason did a great job reading the quarterback and sitting right underneath that seam route. Uh, if he wasn't there, I, I think they're going to complete that and, and get a first down. So, you know, hats off to our kids. They, they accepted the coaching, and uh, they did a great job executing. Uh, you look at the first half, 79 yards of offense mm -hmm. for you guys, 13 plays. Yeah. They had 36 plays, but in the second half, you were over 200. Uh, you end up over 300 for the game, but uh, really your offense did a pretty good job because they averaged almost nine yards of play. Yeah, they, they gave us a little different look. They gave us a 4-3 look. They've been a 4-2 team pretty much uh, all year. Um, but our guys, our guys, you know, they handled it well. And, and at halftime offensively, there really wasn't a whole lot to talk about up front. The guys are doing a great job blocking. I wasn't real um, impressed with, with their front four defensively, but our guys, our guys took care of business and and, uh, you know, offensively, I thought it was a pretty sharp game in the running game anyways. You know, passing the game, we, we, it almost appeared that we lacked a little confidence throwing the football. And, and that's something that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get back just fine. I, I'm really not worried about that. We'll, we'll get back to work and practice at that. I've got to ask you about the big man, Cody Stufflebean, who yeah. went down on the Jacob File punt return, which was a spectacular punt return. But mm -hmm. Cody went down. He came out for a few more plays. I remember was in there at the goal line and spread out as a wide receiver. Didn't really get back in defensively, and then we saw him in street clothes in the second half. Mm -hmm. How's the big man feeling? Well, he's feeling good. He actually did it on the play before. Okay. So, uh, and, and we saw it on film. Uh, our trainers watched it on film, and it, it appears to be something to where um, it appears to be an MCL uh, from early diagnosis. And, our, you know, Alex and, and Brandon, those guys do a tremendous job. They know what they're talking about. Everything felt sturdy and, and, and strong in there. Uh, so, if, in fact, that's what it is. And usually those guys are spot on. 
you know, we, we may be looking at a week or two and, and, you know, hope for the best there. But, uh, you know, I, I think he could have played tonight had we needed him. Um, but it was just one of those things where you, you see the kid limping on the field and, and, uh, realize we, we don't really need you tonight. We don't really need you for the next couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, it'd be good to get him healed up. Well, I know my text blew up as soon as we oh, said yeah. he went down. Yeah. I mean, it was just like five alarm fire because mm-hmm. Cody is such a integral part of this team. No question. He's, he's the heart and soul and we, we, we got a lot of good guys, but, uh, you know, when you bring that, uh, athleticism and size to the table, he's, he's pretty special, but you know, here again, we got a great training staff. Cody's going to be uh, getting treatment tomorrow, probably twice tomorrow, twice on Sunday. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, my, my heart stopped for a while and, I, and I'm still concerned about it. But but I do trust our trainers and uh, put faith in them and they're going to get him back. A 56-14 win for McPherson tonight on the road at Augusta. And you mentioned you hope to not have to need him for the next mm-hmm. couple of games as you guys will return home next week to take on the Rose Hill Rockets on senior night and then come back down this area in Butler County to take on the Circle T-Birds. Rose Hill came into the game 2-3. and three. I haven't seen a result if they won tonight. And then Circle came into the game with a record of 0-5. Right, they actually should no, be one and four. Yeah. I didn't update my sheet well enough. But right. what do you know about the Rose Hill Rockets and Coach Weber? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> you know Coach Weber. Yeah, pretty well. I, I do. You know, we we played together at uh, Fort Hayes. He's a, uh, you know, he's a good coach, and and they they've got some kids up front that you're you're going to be surprised with the size that they have. They've got a K State a kid with a, an offer to go to K State on their offensive line, and and uh, they got some other big kids. We saw them at Fort Hayes camp. They're a solid team, but. Uh, you know, where, where, where we do our damage, we've got some high-end special kids, no question. But where, where we do our damage is, you know, we've got 30 to 40 kids that we can just keep rolling out at you that, that, that are good football players and they're varsity ready. So, you know, that's, that's, what, uh, that's what we're going to rely on these next few games for sure. 6-0 and to start this season for just the sixth time in program history and for the fourth time since you have been on the staff, McPherson and I football coach Jace Pavlovich. Let's make it 7-0 Let's next week. It. That was McPherson High football coach Jace Pavlovich as McPherson won 56-14 last night. Steve, like we were talking about there on the postgame, the only negative is the big man Cody Stuffelbean got a little dinged up last night, but hopefully everything will be good with big number well, one. Well, I think, didn't you have some contact with him after, last night? or Well, n- nothing too official. I think he just said, feeling all right. Yeah, okay, well, uh, let's face it, we really probably can get by the next two weeks without Cody. Um, Jonah Clark. Came in, did a pretty good job. Bullpups kind of, you know, rotated their defense around. And that's, you know, that's what Coach passes. We got a lot of guys that can play. We got a lot of guys. You know, we, we're we not just a starting group with no backups. There's a lot of, you know, guys that can come off the bench and, and do the job. You looked at offense last night. Uh, Aiden Hoover was the third guy in in the backfield rotation. He had one carry, went for a touchdown. Matt Ramey came in. You know, he had almost 30 yards on uh, five carries last night, five or six carries, I can't remember for sure. But but uh, the Bullpups have a lot of depth. They use a lot of guys, and it makes a big difference. Steve, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll dive into some of our interviews this morning. A great coaches show lined up, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. Continuing on this morning's Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva after a busy, busy week number six of the 2019 high school football season. Very successful night. All the area teams were winners except for the Smoky Valley Vikings. Steve, I'm going to leave it up to you. 
I have three interviews that are ready to go, and I'm going to let you choose. You ready? Well, I'm going to, I want Coach Sawyer from Inman to go first because he sent stats last night at 3.07. I got a feeling he just stayed up all night, and you and him talked, and he's probably going to go to, go to sleep after uh, he talked to you because they made the long trip. And for him to send stats at 3.07 in the morning, I give him a gold star, that's for sure. We have Inman football coach Lance Sawyer. We have Mound Ridge football coach Jeremiah Meeks. And we have McPherson I tennis coach Tyler Brown. So you're saying, Coach Sawyer, let's yeah, get to him let's first. let's go to Coach Sawyer. Let's do that here on our Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. Joining us now on our Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva is Inman Teuton football coach Lance Sawyer after a 53-6 win last night on the road in southwest Kansas at Sublette improving their overall record of 3-3 three and three this season and 1-0 in district play. Coach Sawyer, a long and probably cold and windy night down in southwest Kansas. Can you give us a little recap of last night's win? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, we, we started off pretty well. Um, we were able to uh, move the ball offensively. We ended up um, you know, scoring 24 points in the first quarter and um, we were able to move the ball um, pretty well, and they, they ended up scoring six, and then um, ended up being at the end of the second, 37 to six, and then um, ended up being 53 to six at the end of the third. So um, we, we ran the ball extremely well, um, and they were, um, I mean, defensively, we played extremely well. Well, and I think saying that you ran the ball extremely well is even an understatement there, as this is a team that rushed for 513 yards last night. You only had two third downs the entire game. What was it about last night's rushing offense that was able to be so successful? You know, our offensive line has continued to gel all year, and it seems like every game we're getting a little bit and a little bit better. Um, they opened up holes that were just massive last night. Um, and then and the Colby Blank and the Kendon Blank and all our running backs ran extremely well. But Colby especially, he had 11 rushes for 233 yards, averaged 21.2 yards per game or yards per attempt. Um, we're just a young team that, that continues to get better every game. And our, our offensive line did an extremely good job. Well, and the interesting thing about your team is that there have been some games here to begin this season where it's been a little bit of a struggle to score offensively. Now your defense has been great and has been limiting opponents to about 10 points per game, but offensively it's been kind of hit or miss this year. What was the difference just from last night compared to some of the other games where you haven't been able to get the offense going? Well, I think they came out with a lot of confidence last night. Um, we, we were able to score early. And I think when we were able to do that, the offensive line just started meshing and um, just started gelling a little bit better. Um, our, our, offense, our, our, our running backs were, were hitting holes that were, that were huge. And, um, you know, we, we, we were able to pass the ball some last night too, but we ended up, um, well, we ended up having a 75-yard pass called back. Um, we also had three touchdowns called back from rushing. And so we were able just to move the ball at will last night. We're talking with Inman football coach Lance Sawyer on our coaches show this morning, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. One of the guys for your team 
whenever we had a chance to come see you at Marion on the weird game on a Monday night back in week four, I guess kind of in week five at that point. But one of the guys that really stood out to me on defense was Carter Brown, who it felt like made 500 tackles in your game in your win against Marion. What has it been about Carter Brown that has made him so tough for opponents to be able to stop this year? I know he only had six last night. Yeah. Well, he had six. We only played in the. Well, we only played a half. Um, you know, he he sees the ball extremely well, and he's playing with a physicality that he hasn't played with in the last two years. So, uh, the kid has gotten stronger. Uh, he moves extremely well and sees the ball, and and he's just a, such a smart kid. He understands where the ball is supposed to go even before the play even goes. When a lot of your offense, moving back to the offensive side of the ball and Colby Blank, a lot of your offense through quarterback Jace Dirksen is to misdirect and mislead where you're running a lot of inside handoffs and you'll fake a jet sweep and hand off a different way. And was all that working last night? It felt like I was watching an Andy Reid offense when I saw you over at Marion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. And, you know, Jace doesn't have a ton of stats. I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot of rushing stats or, or passing even. Uh, but he commands our offense. He's a fantastic quarterback that, that's able to do all those fakes, and um, he's able to put the ball in the right spot, make sure everybody's doing the right thing. Um, yeah, the, 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 the jet sweeps were working last night, and then we, we also had some um, our, our trap plays, and our guards really moved. Our guards probably played the best uh, game of the year last night. Well, as we take a look ahead, this was a big win for Inman last night because it was a district win, bumping you up to 1-0 in district play, and you and Sedgwick are now tied at 1-0. Two games remaining in districts with Meade coming to Inman next week and then Sedgwick, who is undefeated at 6-0, coming to town in week number eight. Will you give everybody a little reminder because I think all of our listening audience pretty much listens to eight or six team districts and so they're getting used to what 3a and eight man do will you give everybody a reminder of the rules in 1a and the top two teams making it to the playoffs well it, in 1a what, what's going to happen is um all four teams will make the playoffs or all four teams will make the cross district game and so we're district seven and we'll, we'll match up with district eight and so the one seed in ours will play the four seed in the District 8. And the two seed in ours will play the three seed and so on. Um, top two seeds get to host the first round. But then, so everybody is bracketed. And once you win the first game, technically you're in the playoffs. So everybody will get in. It's just where you're going to be seated out of our four in the district. So a great chance to win the district with a couple games remaining, and you had to win the first one to have a chance to do that. And That's the right. Inman Teutons did it last night with a 53-6 to win all the way in southwest Kansas to take on Sublette and rolled back into McPherson County about 1 in the morning last <laughs> night. Well, Coach Sawyer, appreciate you waking up early and not get, catching any more sleep this morning, and we'll catch up with you here in a few weeks. I appreciate it. That was Inman football coach Lance Sawyer on our Coaches Show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. A big win for the Teutons, 53-6 at Sublette. You know, I think what people don't realize, you know, the average listener, these coaches, you know, when they get back to town, they're up probably two more, two and a half more hours when they get back, and then they get up early and watch film. I'm, I'm saying Coach Sawyer probably had about two hours sleep, and, uh, you know, you really got to tip your cap. I know all the McPherson coaches – 
uh, probably right now they are breaking down film. You know, grading. they're kind of like us, though, Steve. That you get your adrenaline going on right. on a night like that. It takes a while to come back down. Yeah, we don't. You know, uh, well, you said you didn't get to sleep till two. Now I, I don't have any problem getting to sleep because I'm old and you know, kind of and decrepit, decrepit. But uh, it, you know, it does. Uh, it's hard to wind down after a game. I know after I write a story, leave here at like at twelve or twelve fifteen. Normally, it does take me, you know, 45 minutes to wind down. Last night, it didn't just because it was such good sleeping weather. But, there you go. But normally, it does take time to wind down. All right, Steve, we'll take another break here. Who would you like to hear from next? Let's hear from uh, Coach Meeks. There you go. My well, former neighbor. There you go. My my former roommate, kind of. <laughs> he lives where I used to, where I live now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a break. You're listening to The Coach's Show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. We'll keep things rolling here in our coaches show this morning, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva by talking with Mound Ridge football coach Jeremiah Meeks after a 56 to nothing win last night over the St. John Tigers. Joining us on our coaches show this morning is Mound Ridge football coach Jeremiah Meeks after the Wildcats picked up a 56 to nothing win last night at home at the half over the St. John Tigers, moving their record to 3-3 three and three overall in the season and 1-2 and two in district play where they are tied for fourth. Coach Meeks, will you give us a little recap of last night's very quick game at Mound Ridge? Yeah, um, kids, kids played pretty well. Um, well. They obviously started the game pretty well with the kickoff return, and then um, defensively we played well, and offensively we did some did some things pretty well. Um, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell sometimes with some of those really quick games if you've improved a lot, but I think we played better than what we have been. It was the uh, That was our first game. Since week one that we've had everybody there. Yeah, it sounded like you guys have been battling through some injuries in the last couple of games and starting off district play with a couple of losses. So everybody was pretty much back to healthy last night. Yeah, yeah, I was like I said, yeah, that was the first time that we've had our entire team since week one where we've had everybody where they needed to be. So getting Colin back makes a huge difference. Colin Cole. Um, He's been kind of dinged up all year, and then he went out of the Skyline game the first play of the game. So um, getting him back is huge and kind of getting him back in the back in the rhythm of everything. So. Yeah, Colin Cole was one that I knew had been dinged up a little bit for you guys, and he responded well last night with six carries for 129 yards and four touchdowns. What kind of element does he bring to the offense whenever he's back in the lineup? Uh, he's, I mean, he's kind of our guy. Um he, what Cody did for us last year, Colin's doing for us this year. You know, he catches the ball out of the backfield. Um, he's our lead back. Uh, we use him in the passing game. We just kind of move him everywhere we can. And we kind of build our offense around him. And you know, when he goes out, it kind of you got to have two kids to replace him. So it you got a whole bunch of different packages. Where with him, it's pretty simple. You just move him around, do a bunch of different things with him. Another guy that it looked like had a big night last night for you guys in the win over St. John was John Schlosser. I know that he had the opening kickoff return for a touchdown. Later on in the game, I know he caught a long touchdown pass from Corbin Unruh. John Schlosser, it looks like he gave you guys a little X factor as well. Yeah, he, John played well. Yeah, he, he took the kickoff back, and then he had a long touchdown catch, and then he had an interception return for a touchdown too. Um, so he's he played really well. Um, we kind of moved him around the defense. He's been our middle backer, and we made a little bit of change on defense going to a 3-2, and um, I think he's a little more comfortable, and he played really, really well at linebacker for us. But he's he's been getting better as the season goes along, and you know, making a little bit of change kind of kept some trash off of him, and he looked a lot more comfortable. And 
he's like I said, he's progressed throughout the year and done a lot better each each game. Another thing that I see at the eight-man level sometimes is a crazy stat line like this where Mound Ridge runs 16 offensive plays and is able to score 56 points. I've seen Canton Calva do that to a lot of teams this year, but you, you mentioned that it's kind of hard to tell exactly how well your team for, performed. I would think especially offensively on a night like last night where you were scoring a touchdown almost every time you ran a play, it would be really hard to evaluate with the film besides just saying, okay, we executed that play well. Talk about how you evaluate a game like last night's. Yeah, they, those are those are tough. I mean, you hit it right on the head. We I think we had 178 total yards and we scored 56 points. So, you know, we we're wanting to kind of get some rhythm going offensively because, like I said, it's been our first game with everybody back. So we we're so it's. I mean, you kind of just gotta pick apart the film and it, in those games you kind of look for the bad plays to see what happened there more than the good plays and and kind of figure out and that's how you make some coaching points and some corrections. So. We're talking with Mound Ridge football coach Jeremiah Meeks on our coaches show this morning, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. A 56 to nothing win last night for the Wildcats at home against the St. John Tigers. And for your district, it has been a very, very tough district so far this year. When you throw in some great teams like Little River, you throw in Maxville, who has been tough. Pratt Skyline had been undefeated through the first couple of games of this season. When you look at this district and start to look ahead and try to say, okay, how can we get into the top four? You've got two really tough games coming up. What's the equation in your head to try and sneak into the winner's side of the postseason bracket? Well, obviously, you know, you'd want to say you'd win both of them right away. Um, but I think beating Kent and Galva would be huge. That's that's how we're going to get in for now. I mean, if we can handle our business next week and beat them, um, that'll put us that'll put us in the playoffs and then um, try to see what we can do with Little River. I mean, Little River's playing really, really well right now. So that's going to be a tough game. So, um, But obviously, we're playing Kent or playing Central Plains next, so we really need to concentrate on that and, see what we can do so I think they from checking the scores last night they got beat 46 nothing and we just got to get get prepared and see if we can get after them so what are some things that your team is doing well right now I know that you mentioned there have been some injuries and so it's been hard to process everything hard to get everybody on the same page but now that you can see everybody back what are some things that you really like about your team going forward these next couple of weeks well, when we're when we're healthy, like we have been, we're we're pretty dynamic on offense, which is something I kind of thought we would be at the beginning of the year. You know, we can get after people a couple different ways, um, which we haven't been able to do without everybody being there. And now that we've got everybody there, I think we can we can score some points on people. So, and defensively, we're just we're just trying to figure out what we're best at right now. That's uh, why we made a switch and seeing how it sticks. So. Because, like I said, like you said, and I said, with being beat up, it's hard to uh, get a good measure where you're at. But I think when we're healthy, we're pretty good offensively. So, Well, Coach Meeks, you mentioned that you have Central Plains coming up this weekend at home, this upcoming Friday. Central Plains is a little different animal than what they were when you saw them last year when they rolled to a state <laughs> championship. What have you seen from Central Plains on film? Have you been able to dive into them much yet? Yeah, I started watching them last week. Um yeah, they, like you said, that's that's a whole different creature than what they what we went over and saw last year. So um, that was one of the better eight man teams I've ever seen play. Probably top three eight man teams I've ever seen last year with that team. And um, they're they're 
they're definitely lost some seniors, and they've been beat up this year a little bit too, kind of like we have. So, you know, week to week, it's kind of hard to tell what they have because they've lost. You know, they get a guy here back, or they lose a guy, and they're pretty down on numbers. So, but we've got up some film. I think it's going to be we're we're pretty similar in a lot of the things we do, so it should be a pretty good game. Well, let's just hope that Emily Ryan decides to not make the trip with the Oilers and, and show up at Man Ridge and throw for a couple of touchdowns. Coach Meeks, yeah, congrats. I think she could probably do it. I think she would be one heck of a quarterback. Coach Meeks, thanks for your time this morning, and best of luck next week. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. That was Mad Ridge football coach Jeremiah Meeks here in our coaches show this morning, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. And you know a little known fact about Coach Meeks. Let's hear it. He's the trap shooting coach. That's right. I forgot about McPherson that. McPherson High, you know who one of the top trap shooters is? Cody Stufflebean. That's right. I, w- I would imagine Cody Stufflebean would be a pretty good trap shooter. I think he's pretty good at about everything. Yeah, he really is. So I'm sure Coach Meeks saw the news last night and said, oh, the trap season it might, might be in trouble. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. If, I, don't I, know th- if, I think Cody's going to be all right. I think he, he'll be he all right. He may miss a game or two just, you know, for precautionary reasons, but you're not going to be able to keep him off the field once we get, get into the postseason. All right, Steve, let's take one more break. When we come back, we will talk with McPherson Day tennis coach Tyler Brown as they're getting closer and closer to starting tennis regionals coming up this morning it from Salina like, Central. Yeah, it looks like they're going to have a nice day for it. Well, it's cold sun, day, but cold, nice day. It's cold, but the sun's out. One more break. This is the Coach's Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. All right, we have one more interview this morning here in our Coach's Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. And Steve, a coach whose season is running out of time as they only have one week at the max next, left to go. Yeah, next week's the end for Coach Brown. Regionals today. Given that somebody gets through at regionals. Yeah, uh, Sienna Allen and... Uh, Taylor Bruce undefeated in doubles this year. Uh, expected, you know, they're expected to get through. After that, who knows? Because you got four of the top five teams in Class Five A and one regional, so that's pretty brutal. All right, Steve. Let's turn things over to McPherson I tennis coach Tyler Brown. Joining us now on our high school coaches show, presented by the Fifty Six Family Restaurant in Galvas, McPherson I tennis coach Tyler Brown. As the Bullpup girls will be in action coming up later today, as they'll be participating in regionals coming up at Salina Central today. But for you guys, it's been a really busy season, and tennis is the one that always seems to fly by. It feels like because it's the shortest season, and you guys are done the earliest. It's been a very quick year, but it's been a really successful year for you guys so far. Yeah, um, as we kind of talked before we went on the air, we've we've won every meet but league. Um, and it's not like league was a disappointment by any means. I mean, we lost to the number one team in 4A, Wichita Collegiate, uh, and there would be a heavy favorite, favorite to go win state um, as well. You know, we probably have one of the toughest leagues around. You know, we had number one 4A. Uh, number two and 5A, and then number two and 4A as well with Wichita Collegiate, Bueller, and McPherson. And then Circle ended up beating Bueller, which was a bit of a surprise. And, and Circle has a really good singles player that won that division, the number one player in the league. So, uh, again, from top to bottom, very strong league. Talk about how uh, your performances uh, played out at the league meet. Um. The number one doubles, Taylor, Bruce, and Sienna Allen, um, they've just stayed steady where they've been just doing their thing all season long. Uh, they finished that tournament uh, staying undefeated, 27-0. and 0. Uh, So hopefully they can just keep it going. Uh, they, Coach Hawley, kind of like what Co- Coach Hawley does, he's always searching for what he's going to do. He uses almost league to 
just as one more meet to try to mix kids up and find out what he can really go with to make some noise. And so the doubles team that they played in the final was a O and O team and they beat a 23 and O Wellington team to be able to play us in the finals. So that just lets you know, uh, how good collegiate is. Um, cause that Wellington team was a really good team. And I know that the Maddie Dobson, Patty Huerta doubles team was in the number two side on the, on the double side, Perrin Schneider and Rachel Carlson went at, went at it in singles. And if I remember right, Perrin was fourth in the number one singles. She, she was, uh, she, she played Montnavalny in the semifinals, another collegiate girl that's a freshman, um, with an outstanding match, I mean, she was hitting a terrific ball in points. I think the first set was maybe 6-2. Uh, started to find her swing even more in the second set. Got it all the way to a tiebreaker. Um, and then just couldn't couldn't get over the hump, per se. You know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, I mean, right there battling one of the best that's going to be at 4A. So, parents looking really good. Um, Rachel, um, even though she may be not at didn't play her best tennis. I mean, what a warrior to to play every single match in a super breaker. I mean, split sets, super breakers, found a way to win. Uh, the first one against a Wellington girl. Uh, then Circle has a, even their two singles is a solid player. Um, uh, upset her. She was the two seed. And then uh, even played uh, Graham, uh, which had beaten Perrin and uh, Rachel earlier in the year. Uh, we just haven't had been able to get uh, Graham yet this year, but played her super tough, won the first set, lost the second, and then lost a, a tough super breaker there. Um, and then Perrin and uh, Patty and um, Maddie had an excellent two doubles tournament too with their only loss being the collegiate. So overall it was just a terrific uh, league tournament. You were talking afterwards uh, the tournament, the recent play has given you and Coach Sanchez a lot to think about about your lineup. Have you settled uh, pretty much on your lineup for today? We have settled. Okay. Uh, I prefer not to <laughs> put it out there because, believe it or not, you guys are uh, famous here at the radio station. <laughs> uh, uh, they they read every article. I, I, after an article comes out, uh, I'm hearing from two or three coaches about what was written. Um so they're definitely following us. Um, so we know I'd, we know Sienna and Taylor are going to be playing doubles, though. Yes, yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. Okay, they are going to play uh, doubles and hopefully make some noise and make make a title run. And that's so. a nice thing about your team, though. You got a lot of versatility. You can put a lot of different combinations together. Uh, they can play singles. They can play doubles. It just shows really the depth of your team and your JV team. Also gave them some good competition in practice because you had a really good bunch of. Young kids, this is really a pretty young team that you have that's highly successful. Oh, you're exactly right, Steve. I mean, we had 14 girls come out, only two seniors. Nine of them are sophomores. Uh, every one of those sophomores, we had two freshmen. But I'd say the depth there is in that sophomore class and kind of gave a talk yesterday of maybe what we did decide to do uh, for regionals and – you know, it makes you want to tear up given, given who's gonna, letting the girls know who's going to represent us at, at regionals. And uh, it's just heartbreaking because, like you said, I mean, I, there's probably a number of girls that could have been the, the one to go, you know what I mean? 
uh, and it makes it extremely difficult. So, you know, it, that, that's a tough thing. You mentioned the season's really short. Uh, girls just, you know, even at the pro level, federal lose first round. Mm -hmm. Our season's so short, these the girls just can't afford on a short season like this to have an off day, you know. And talk about the teams that are going to be contenders in addition to yourselves. Um, you know, the contenders in our regional, I mean, it is absolutely loaded. If you can get half your team in to your full team in, you're doing really well because Capon's number one in 5A, and then McPherson, Salina Central, and Salina South are – We've been kind of jockeying back and forth of who's two, three, four all season long, but you have three of the top four teams in 5A in the same regional. And it's awfully tough uh, if things don't fall your way on the bracket uh, in that seating meeting to get all six girls in. And there could be some contentious seating meetings. I know down through the years, sometimes you're late in getting started because the seating meeting takes so long. Yeah, I've been in some of those meetings they start at nine and we almost don't even start till noon sometimes <laughs> it, it it can be relentless but uh hopefully we can get things to go our way well coach brown best of luck i think you'll have to dress warm for a cold one today up at salina central and hope to get as many as possible through to state next week in pittsburgh thank you That was McPherson I tennis coach Tyler Brown here in our coaches show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. Steve, you got everything done in there at MidKansasOnline.com? Well, once we get done, I'll post the area roundup. And uh, uh, we got, I just post seventh grade football. I know a lot of parents have been wondering where it's been the seventh grade football story. Well, Coach Bussey uh, was unable to get the information normally like he does. He had some uh, things he had to get done before he sent it. So we've got that seventh grade football story up there. So. Hold off on the phone calls. We've got it posted. Yeah, we got six or seven of them this morning at like 5 a.m. They were going, where is that seventh grade football story? I got to know. That's right. Yeah, they won 16 nothing at Junction City, a game. It actually had a little bit of sleet in the air up at Ooh. Junction City, so a little football weather up there on Thursday. Steve, maybe we can go broadcast a middle school football game. There you go. Do you think there are very many middle schools in the state of Kansas that have their games broadcasted? I doubt it, but what did I see? There's... Somebody on YouTube or something posted there's somewhere in Kansas that they broadcast like their third and fourth grade. Somebody's broadcasting their fourth and fifth grade football games. It wouldn't surprise me that much if a parent sat up there with like a video camera, yeah. but maybe not talked. Yeah. <laughs> that that might. Little Johnny has rushed for 700 <laughs> yards this year. I think that would be a little funny to yeah. hear. Steve, I want to run through the scores again one more time from last night. From the gridiron, a 56-14 win for McPherson at Augusta. The Bullpups are now 6-0 and return home for senior night coming up this Friday to take on the Rose Hill Rockets. Heston improved to 5-1 with a win, 41-28 against Rock Creek in district play, and that was a huge win for the Swathers last night. Smoky Valley fell to 1-5 after a 34-8 loss at Chapman. Inman improved to 3-3 with a 53-6 win at Sublette. Little River now 5-1 with a 48-0 win over Maxville. Mound Ridge now 3-3 with a 56-0 win over St. John at the half. And Canton Galva has not played in the second half since week number one. The Eagles beat Gossel 60-0 on homecoming. What a great year for our area football teams. I mean, Smoky Valley, of course, rebuilding after, you know, Smoky Valley's been one of our staples. Uh, you know, yeah, they the were, last, last few years they've been great. Yeah, last three years they'd won 27 games. 
Uh, they, that great class finally cycled through. They got some young guys. They'll be back. But uh, you look at the top, the big four that we have leading the way. You know, Canton Galva six and zero. Uh, you got uh, Little River five and one. Heston five and one. Uh, who's the other one? Inman's three and three. Mount Ridge three and three. Uh, you know, just some really good area football and hopefully those teams can go a long way in the postseason the game's coming up for week number seven and we're going to learn a lot about all these teams some huge district games and of course mcpherson trying to lock up the number one seed i mentioned they will be at home to take on rose hill heston will be taking on the chapman fighting irish and they have a great chance to get to six and one as well and that game is really huge in that district that's got huge implications it looks like halstead has a great chance to win that district but right. everybody's fighting for number two right now, speaking of Halstead, the Smoky Valley Vikings will be taking on the Dragons on the road. I know the basketball arena is Rupp Arena. Is the football field, do you think that's named after I don't Rupp think, too? I don't think Adolph. Was he much of a football I don't, player? I don't think Adolph was that. Well, he might have been. Who knows? But uh, he's no I can't imagine the 1920 Halstead Dragons without Adolph Rupp. <laughs> I don't know what year he was there, but it was probably around then. Yeah. The Inman Teutons in district play, they've got a big one taking on Meade. Meade lost to Sedgwick last night. And remember, Inman just a four-team district, so they are fighting for a chance to win that district. In eight-man division one, Kenton Galva, with a win over Solomon, would pretty much lock up that district. They will be on the road, taking on the Gorillas there on I-70. And then Little River will be at St. John. Maybe. Well, we don't know because St. John only had nine suited up last night. They had against nine Ridge. suited up last night, and uh, hopefully, they didn't get anybody hurt. You know, in that game. Remember, it, this is what's really unbelievable. About four, four or five years ago, Canton Galva had to forfeit a game because they didn't have enough players. And look at them now. Mound Ridge will be taking on Central Plains. That will be at Mound Ridge. And all these teams are trying to fight for playoff positioning. And Smoky Valley right now, Steve, the only team that as of today would not be in the playoffs. Right. Mount Ridge has some work to do, but Inman will make the playoffs either way. But Mount Ridge is the only team that's really got some work to do. This is going to be a fun month of November. Yeah, it really is. And, of course, the Bullpups being home for senior night uh, on Friday. But they're going to be home a lot more. Uh, than just this upcoming Friday. They're going to have several playoff games at home. Swap Shop is coming up next. Thanks for listening to our Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. Give us a call, 620-241-1504. The High School Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva was brought to you by Simco, McPherson Concrete, Alliance Agency Incorporated, Flynn's Board Quarterback Club, Next Tech Wireless, JAR Performance Automotive, and Farmers State Bank. Thanks for listening to the High School Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva.